Welcome to the 174th episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. Uh, it is Wednesday, February 7th. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined by Chronicle. Are you editor-in-chief or executive editor? I should uh, know by this point. It, it's editor-in-chief. It's a long story behind it. but Eric Schwartz yeah, Eric is Schwartz. here in studio. Uh, and we're joined in spirit by sponsors Summit Funding, Shehalis Outfitters, and The Roof Doctor. And coming up, we have a special guest, Stacy Denham, Centralia Police Chief, will be joining us to discuss uh, a whole bunch of stuff. It went a little longer than we expected, but it was good. It was nice to have Stacy around. Oh, so we're not pretending like that we're going to do it live here in a bit? No. Pre-recorded. We're we're, I, yeah, we literally just finished recording. He was it. delightful. He was. He, we had a good time. He even slipped in uh, those three special words you love to hear from your local police chief. It's true. You're yeah. under arrest. <laughs> um, any other preambles you want to get to? or uh, No, just another reminder to come on out to the station on Thursday morning for the Centralia Shales Chamber of Commerce Forum. where What kind of clowns do they have talking about that? publisher Chad Taylor and myself will be putting on quite a show. We were choreographing it earlier today, and there's going to be like a dance number. Um, inspirational speech. It's going to be a good time. You should serving, be there. Is drinks at that bad boy? It's at 8 a.m. <laughs> I answer the question. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure you can get a nice cup of coffee, uh, maybe a maybe a Red Bull-infused drink of some sort. I mean, I'm not Something hosting. to eat. It's a Lewis County Coffee Company joint. So, But it's their new forum. Normally, they have in the past done these uh, in the afternoon over at O'Blarney's most recently. So, uh-huh. I don't know. You know, they launched the new format, and they needed they needed some star power. And so Chad and I, Chad and me are heading over there. Okay, great. Uh, good for good for you and your favorite co-host of things, Chad. Yeah, it's true. Uh, news items. Speaking of forums, uh, over 100 Centralians attend a town hall event with local leaders. New night by night shelter among discussion topics. Uh, this town hall was uh, recently. Um, featured Centralia Mayor Kelly Smith-Johnston, School Board President Tim Browning, Port Commissioner Kyle Markstrom, and County Commissioner Sean Swope. Uh, one of the things mentioned, Swope said, Reliable Enterprises has 15 or 20 new units opening soon, and the county's night-by-night shelter should be open just in time for spring, which is good news. Um, and the 15 to 20 units are for kids in the school district and yeah, their families yeah. specifically, which we've reported on. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good news, and I was reading this headline and getting it confused with the other uh, town... It's town hall season, isn't it? It is. It's, the, it's, just, it's that Jesus. time of year. They had the hydrogen one last night. You'll be able to read about that at crownline.com tomorrow. I didn't read the story yet. It's not It's not posted yet. That's oh. why I said tomorrow. Well, tomorrow Thursday or tomorrow... I'll get it online tomorrow at crownline.com. It'll be in Thursday's paper. What day are you assuming this is? This is it's, dropping Wednesday night. That's fine. I'll probably put it up after we're done. God damn it. All right. Uh, anyway, that was one of the multiple times. I was surprised uh, this type of thing, you know, while well attended, generally doesn't get a whole lot of traction online, but it was one of our most read stories on the back end. Um, I was surprised to see it there with a lot of crime. People really like the crime, and then they like to comment on how we have too much crime. Yeah. Too much crime coverage. Click. You know, what if we had comments that were like, not enough crime? <laughs> we need more crime. <laughs> damn, damn you, Denim, and your, your camera trailer. Your efficient law enforcement methods. Um, but yeah, the story's still on cronline.com, and we actually live-streamed the whole thing, I think, and there's a link to that on there, too, to our Facebook page. So if you missed it, you can go watch it. 
next item, developers purchased third hotel in Centralia's Harrison Avenue Commercial District. Councilor Max Vote broke the news during his report at the end of the January 23rd council meeting. He said, as you may recall, there was a motion and ordinance in the past, and there was a developer, uh, Sage Investments, that came and wanted to turn the former Oyo Hotel and Motel 6 into market rate apartments. And the council voted no, which would leave it either for motels or permanent supportive housing. I was the person who voted definitely against that because I wanted to see market rate apartments. Um, That's you quoting a councilor vote. Yeah. All three hotels are within about a mile of each other on Harrison Avenue. Um, According to vote, Sage Investments now intends to convert all three into hybrid hotels, apartment complexes with rooms for both long and short-term rentals, which, like, that's just a hotel, right? Uh, No, I think they're going to have apartments and hotel rooms in there, which is a different look, but I think the company or the investment group is attempting to address the concern of lost lodging taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, obviously when hotels become housing, you no longer get a lodging tax from them anymore, which was, you know, the point of the Northwest Sports Hub is to draw in people and yeah. raise that tax revenue. Um, so it, interesting. I haven't encountered this. I'm sure it's been done at some point, but um, I thought the vibes might be a little different when you go stay at a hotel and there's some people that live there. Yeah. You ever <laughs> lived in a hotel? Uh, briefly, I did. Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, what are they, like 2000. 2009, maybe? 2019, you say? Yeah, I actually lived in the Motel 6 that is now getting turned into a uh, hotel. So I, some would say I was, I was ahead of my time. Yeah, wow, you were one of the first. It's um, just like a week. Uh, vote said they've got no ill will towards the city, not letting them turn them all into market rate apartments. Uh, he said they understand the loss of our hotel motel tax and they want to work with our community. That will benefit us. Um, look, let's not pretend they want to work with the community. Uh, they don't give a shit about the hotel motel tax. Let's not pretend a developer is buying up dive hotels and turning them into apartments, like just out of the goodness of their heart. There is profit at the end of this. Well, I'm sure profit has to do with it, but I mean, you can do both, right? Maybe. I don't know. I think profit is all they care about. Yeah, you're probably right. No company (laughs) has ever purchased a hotel and been like, you know what? I'm going to give this back to the community. I think they're trying to work within the confines of what's been dealt to them. Um, But I don't know. Have you driven by the former Motel 6? It's looking really good. Uh, Yeah, they got orange doors. Yeah, I I haven't seen the inside of a room, but it it looks like it's close to being occupied. You haven't seen the inside of a room yet. Yes, that's true. When you take a tour... Mm, can't Before wait. signing that paperwork. <laughs> when, I get, when I get thrown out, yeah. Uh, next news item, I've got historic bell missing from the Bafuck Range. How, why does this make you laugh? I, I Look, I like a good stolen historical artifact situation. It's maybe, a caper. Maybe that bell belongs in a museum. <laughs> Could be. That uh, would be something if they found it at the <laughs> Lewis County Historical <laughs> Museum and it turns out the director grabbed it. Yeah. Uh, and he had a like a hat and a whip. Yeah. Uh, the bronze bell is small, maybe 18 by 18 inches, and carries an outsized significance to the history of Boisfort. It was first hung above the school in 1874. Uh, however, six years after its placement outside the Grange, it's missing. The window for the disappearance has been narrowed to sometime between 4.45 p.m. on Thursday, January 25th, and 4 p.m. on Friday, January 26th. I like how specific they are. Like, they have it narrowed down yeah, to the minute. probably been checking on the bell. Yeah. Uh, it was bolted to the structure, and Lions Club member Paul Barr said it probably took two people to hoist it out. It was in working condition and told yearly on Memorial Day to mark those who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country. What are you going to do with the stolen bell? Uh, I can't remember the actual value, but Mitchell 
reached out to someone and determined what the scrap metal value would be, and it was not much. So did he call Rick from Pawn Stars? Uh, I don't know. It's it's, like, I got a just, guy. It, I don't know. It's probably where do you think it is right now? Do you think it's like sitting in somebody's man cave, like a uh, real like a Boisford booster of some sort? It's like well, well, well. <laughs> like just didn't feel like they were getting their due. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's like a rich guy in a white suit that has it in his smoking room. Yeah, it could be. For his important guest to come over. I, Chad probably has it when you put it like that. How dare you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in our podcast. We actually, right we now. had a story on 2018. I don't have the link to it right in front of me, but it had been like languishing in, well, I don't know if a bell can languish, but if it could, it was languishing in like someone's garage and they like brought it out and there was a big to do when they installed this thing. Yeah. So since 2018, it was sitting there. Um, I hope they find the bell. Any other perpetrators, any other news items before we, uh, move on? I think we can just cover, uh, what you don't get to in the other segments. I'll just do a run through the website at the end. All right. Um, with that, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back after this ad with, uh, police chief Stacy Denham. Hi, this is Jeff and Julie from Fairway Lanes. Jeff and I met Jacek of Summit Funding at our bowling center. So when we fell in love with this community and it was time to relocate, we knew we would be calling Summit Funding. They understand that everyone has a unique situation when buying a home. He had already helped two of our employees get into their own homes. The Summit Funding team exceeded our expectations. It was a seamless experience with great communication from his whole team. Thank you to Summit Funding for making our buying experience special and memorable. All right, we're back, and we're joined now by our guest, which is Centralia Police Chief and uh, Big Brother himself, Stacy Denham. Uh, this is your second time on the show, and I feel like this means you didn't regret it the first time quite enough. Maybe not quite enough. There was some regret there, but... Uh, <laughs> I think after two times, you're kind of like entered into the stable of hosts, too, so we might have to add your you're, photo. You're officially a recurring guest at this point. Um so how we're going to do this is Schwartz and I will alternate questions. Uh, one of us will come in first with something a little a little harder, a little angrier maybe, <laughs> and then the other one will come in and, and a little softer, you know, kinder, try to kind of coax a good answer out of you, and then the other one will come back in harder. This is a, a this new is technique a- <laughs> I have personally developed. You've probably never heard of it. This is good cop, bad cop. I can see <laughs> oh, it already. Completely different. No, 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 something different. like that. No. Um... <laughs> But uh, my first question, uh, in your capacity as police chief, do you know what car I drive? Uh, no. Good. Uh, okay, we can move on. <laughs> but I can find out very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I will start the questions now. Um, first up, you finally laid to rest the law enforcement career of Phil Reynolds. Did you feel like doing an Obama-esque, ladies and gentlemen, we got him announcement once that was all final? No. Uh, I didn't. (laughs) No. Um, What, uh, you know, given that whole situation and everything, you were on this show shortly after that incident Mm -hmm. where officers were let go, uh, quickly fired. Yes. um, After not responding to a call. And I believe at that point you told us that, like, recruiting was up right after that. Or your applicants were up. Uh, So has that held, you know, held on since then? And... You know, how is that? How do you feel like that has impacted the overall view of Centralia as a place to apply to be a police officer? Uh, overall, I think it's helped out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, when people are looking at applying here, especially when you're looking at lateral uh, officers, they know who the players are. 
they know who your officers are and, th- and they make that decision if they want to come work for you or your organization uh, based on that. Mm-hmm. In this case, I've actually had uh, people come here because they said, hey, we, I, you're doing what you need to do and that's fine. Yeah. Didn't like that officer anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and that has actually helped. And, and not only has that helped, when you get rid of folks and help them to the door that are causing problems inside the organization. And once they're gone, the whole attitude of the department change, and it truly has in Centralia. Yeah. And the morale of the department, I think, is higher than it's ever been. And other people see that, and they want to be a part of it. Yeah. What's your staffing like right now? Are you fully staffed? Are you still looking to fill some spots? No, we're not fully staffed. We're close. Um, we're, we're still down about, uh, on paper, we're only down two. Yeah. Uh, which is probably closer we've been in a long time. Uh, but on the road or in covering calls, we're, we're still down five cause we have three that are in training. And then, uh, Sierra, I think February 27th, we get one out of the Academy. Then he goes into field training. And then of course, then the other one follows about two months after that. And we have another one going into the Academy starting in March and we're doing backgrounds. We're going to be doing backgrounds on two. Uh, we started on one. We're going to start on another one. Okay. So we're looking pretty good. Okay. Um, something that's just popped up and Schwartz, you mentioned this to me. Um, you have been booking, uh, suspects into the Shayla's tribal jail. Yes. Um, why? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's, there's actually lots of reasons for that, uh, but some pretty poignant ones is that, uh, the, uh, Lewis County Sheriff's Office, uh, they've been having some difficulties being able to allow us to book people in uh, over time. And, and we didn't feel that we were doing our community any great service by allowing people to stay out on this, uh, on the street when we should be booking them into jail to get them where they need to be, uh, not only for our community safety, but for the safety of the people we're actually booking because maybe yep. they're having other issues. So we started looking for other alternatives and, uh, it, it come to me that, uh, the Shayla's travel might be interested. Uh, I talked to them and, uh, they actually have a really smooth booking process, which is actually much faster than what we can do at the Lewis County Sheriff's office. And, and meaning no disrespect to the Sheriff's office because yeah. they have protocols they have to follow. Uh, when you start going to a, a tribal, they, they do things a little bit differently. They're not, mm-hmm. a lot of the same rules don't apply to them. Uh, so we started looking at that and it is actually cheaper for us to book them into, uh, Shayla's tribal as well. They, they don't charge us as much. And, uh, so when you're looking at the bottom line, best service to our community, uh, we can actually go further on the same dollar. What, what does it cost to book somebody into jail? Uh, well, if we go to Shayla's tribal, it's about, see, I think it's $74 a night. Okay. And, uh, and Lewis County, I think it's a little over $94 a night. They've got HBO and I don't think they have it in either place. <laughs> is that going to be the new like preferred booking location for the Centralia Police Department, or is this just you call the jail, Lewis County Jail, and they don't they, they won't take them, and then you try the Shales Tribal Jail? Right now, it's going to be Shales Tribal uh, because we can get direct booking. They always have beds available to us right now, and uh, we so I don't want to go jail shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't want to confuse my officers if. If we get a uh, a rhythm set up, that's where we're gonna we're gonna go. I know that the uh, the arraignments in court is actually easier, and our court actually prefers the way they do the process over there. So it it seems to be everything's working easier going through Shayla's Tribal. And and again, no disrespect to the the yeah. SO, they're they're doing what they have to do the way they have to do it. So 
So when they go into a tribal jail and they make their first appearance, are they just doing it remotely from Shale's tribal, or do you have to transport them back over to the courthouse? Uh, it's uh, it's remotely, but we're doing remotely with uh, Lewis County Sheriff's Office as well. Right. No, I, I yeah. knew that. I just didn't know if they had to bring them in there. Yeah, the only difference is here, we don't have to send a, uh, a CSO uh, over to do Shale's tribal, where we had to send a CSO over to the jail. So it actually alleviates some mm-hmm. uh, some personnel time as well. Yeah. Where Where is their tribal jail? Uh, it's not, it's about a few blocks away from the casino. Okay. All right. Is there precedent for it? I know like we see Thurston County books people into the Nisqually jail from time to time, but has the Centralia police department worked directly with the Shales, uh, tribal jail that you're aware of in the past? No. Uh, I, I don't know when they started opening up for outside agencies. Uh, I know that uh, Nisqually tribal has been doing it for quite a while and they have a pretty big jail up there in Nisqually. And I think, uh, they take, uh, people from, uh, Pierce County, uh, and that whole area, and Lacey, I think Olympia, and all of them book him into Nisqually Jail as well. Okay. Interesting. <clears throat> just on that topic, I just want to note that I appreciate the press memos, and it predates even you, but the fact that the Centralia Police Department puts out that press memo every day, holidays, it's always there, it really allows us to see trends like that, because it's not like you put out a news release that's like, hey, we're doing the Shales <laughs> Tribal Jail now, but you put all the information out there, and I appreciate that. Well, and it's great, because one of the things that I... I I've, I've always stuck to is that uh, we need to be transparent as possible. And yeah. and I put a lot of things in my press release that I think most people probably wouldn't and most agencies probably wouldn't. But when you see the value to it, uh, our community members want to know certain things. And they want to know where people are from. They want to know where people are being booked in jail. Because we actually get phone calls, and we had one recently, where someone goes, uh, hey, you arrested my, my daughter, and I looked at the jail, and she wasn't there. <laughs> it's like, nah, it's because we put in, she went to Shayla's tribal. Right. Yeah. God, that's going to throw a lot of people for a loop. Do they have an online booking? Can you check the Shayla's tribal? I guess I yes. can check that myself. Uh, I, think, I think you can. And uh, you're right. It throws people for a loop, especially people being arrested for the first time. Uh, like, because, Wait a minute. <laughs> because as we get on the freeway and go north, and like, hey, where am I going? <laughs> like, just, just another sovereign nation, that's all. <laughs> don't worry about yeah, it. Don't worry about it. We're, we're the government. We're here to help you uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> and they do have a jail roster. You're correct. Yes. Um, speaking of press releases, who your guys' social media stuff, like Facebook posting, whoever you have doing that is doing a nice job. Good. Just a little compliment there. Good. You don't have to name them or anything. Maybe nah, you don't want she's, to, but... She's doing a fantastic job. And, uh, and it's Naomi. I'll okay. throw her name out there because Naomi does a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we picked her up, and uh, I kind of let her run with that because we wanted a better... Uh, social media presence yeah and she appeared to be good at it and and she has lived up to her reputation of being good at it it's yeah it's been strong work mm-hmm. um let's talk about the flock cameras uh how long have you had these and what has your experience been uh with them well we've had them now i think it's just uh we're a few months away from being a year okay <laughs> and our experience has been i can't believe we've done law enforcement without them uh, they have been instrumental in solving multiple crimes. In fact, they've helped us solve two homicides, a drive-by shooting, that uh, without the flock cameras, we may not have even solved that case. Uh, we have recovered more stolen cars. Uh, I, 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 would, I would bet that we probably recovered more stolen cars than any other agency, uh, especially our size. How but, many, speaking of that, how many other agencies in the state have the, the cameras? Well, that's interesting because uh, when we signed on to this, it was just Yakima PD. And then uh, we were the first ones on the west side to jump on using the flock cameras. 
And then once we started using it, and all of a sudden everyone started seeing the value to it, now it's uh, uh, Shahalis has them, Hoquiam has them, Olympia's looking at getting them, uh, uh, Tuckwilla has them. Napavine. Uh, uh, Napavine now yeah. has them, you're right. And, uh, and there's a whole slew of other agencies that are looking at getting them or have already gotten them. Mm-hmm. So to answer the question, I don't know how many there is now. But there's uh, more than they were. You guys were one of the first. and We were the first ones on the west side, I believe, uh, along with I think Tuck Willow was jumping on it as well. Yeah. I think the most recent, well, I don't know if it's the most recent that they've been used, but the robbery suspects out in Grace Harbor County that yes. you guys were able to find. I, I noted that their news release, the Grace Harbor Sheriff's Office, put the flock thing in there and like, oh, by the way, we're getting these now too. Yep. Uh, <laughs> funny, I was just talking to the Aberdeen chief today. And uh, we got to talking about that, and uh, they're in the throes of final signatures to put flock cameras in. And uh, Hoquiam already has them. Uh, Grace Harbor County's getting them, so they're going to have their area pretty locked up pretty tight with being able to watch people come and go. Um, how do you feel? I know there's been Facebook comments and whatnot about uh, that maybe the flock cameras are like a big brother look or intrusive or government overreach. Mm-hmm. How do you respond to people when they bring that up? Well... Uh, I, I understand their argument, yeah. first and foremost. I get it. Uh, but it's something that actually has been around for a very long time. Uh, basically, what it, all it is, it's a license plate reader is what it is. Yeah. Uh, that's what Flock Camera is. And it takes the only difference is it takes a picture. And uh, it takes a picture of the, the car itself, and it can actually help you search for a car. So, for an example, you're driving a white Subaru. Uh, someone hits your car or the suspect hits your car and you see it's a white Subaru, we can actually search for all white Subarus around that time and probably come up with a, a license plate of the suspect who hit your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, same as anything else. Say you don't remember the license plate number of your car, but say it, it, it was stolen around this time, it was a Subaru, we can actually look at it and possibly get that license plate as well. Okay. I've brought this up before, and I'm just interested in your opinion. It, obviously, they've helped you solve crimes. At what point, or are we at the point where it's a deterrent, where maybe somebody in a stolen vehicle, like, has word get out amongst criminals that maybe they stay on the interstate and shoot on down to Longview rather than stay here? Well, we don't seem to be seeing as many stolen cars as we once were, so I, I would think that that might be what's happening. Uh, it's like anything else. If you turn a light on, you're less and a camera on, you're less likely to get something stolen from your garage. Yeah. Uh, if people are know it, and that's why when when I when we actually first uh, put these out, I wanted everyone to know that we had them. Yeah. I wanted it to be part of my deterrent uh, process to keep people from coming to our city and, and stealing and doing bad things. Um, what's the like? What's the price tag on? Is it like a how much? How much are they costing? <laughs> Uh, if I remember correctly, it's about $2,500 per camera per year. Okay. So I know that that price is fluctuating now, yeah. uh, but we have it locked into that price because of early early onboarding. I do remember Shahales couldn't get this, the same sweet deal that <laughs> yeah. the denim here negotiated. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of, uh, of cameras and things of that nature, let's talk about the camera trailer. Um, mm-hmm. How long have you had this uh, bad boy set up now? I think uh, we initially deployed it in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been late October. I can't remember the exact date. Uh, so we've been pushing it around and setting it up in different places, and uh, we're, we're trying to test it. And I promised my, uh, uh, my city council that, that as soon as we get this camera, I'm going to try to find some stats to show you that if it's working or not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, I can easily show that wherever that camera is, crime goes dramatically <laughs> down. So have you thought about getting more cameras? Because Aaron loves it. He's, he, he I, said it I really have, like, have it improves the it. aesthetic here in I, We'll get to my thoughts on it in a few. Um, but yeah, are there plans for, for additional 
Uh, I would love to have probably about two more. Uh, the reason being is we have some uh, very specific locations uh, in Centralia that are targeted quite a bit by thieves and, and mm-hmm. those things. And, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is the outlet centers. And uh, when we put that camera over in the outlets, we, can, we have a distinct drop in crime in that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would, I would like to have two that we can put in an area where we have uh, consistent crime. Mm-hmm. And then one, we can move around to divert crime in different locations. Hear me out. What if you just built a decoy? I might have done that too. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think is out there currently? <laughs> That's just a flashing light, really. <laughs> just like, oh yeah, we're totally monitoring this. No, but actually, I, I, I kind of have done that too. <laughs> so. God damn it. <laughs> uh, um, we did come up with the way to beat it, though. Has anyone I don't, I don't like, snuck actually... up on it and thrown a blanket over it? It's too, it's like, too, it's high. too high, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's up about 16 feet. Drone. You need like a, like a paintball gun or like maybe Chad's got his drones out. <laughs> Um, the, the other thing is you're going to have to cover yourself because the camera's recording and then sending the information. So, um, how does the like monitoring that thing work? Is it is somebody in your department on call for it or any any one of my officers can pull it up on their computer and monitor it anytime? Mm-hmm. And then if you're monitoring it, can you also run the like talk through it function? Uh, that is something we're supposed to be able to do. I, I'm not sure we've actually used that feature too much, mm-hmm. uh, but because we we haven't had a need to. Yeah. So. Um, have you considered setting it up outside of say somebody you don't like's house to shout at them when they're just going to their car or something, or just, you know, mess with a, a local nemesis? Just your house. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> no, um, that I've, would be I've an been absolute... checking the end of the driveway like, God damn it. Absolute improper days? use. Um, yeah, but like kind of fun too. No. <laughs> the other thing we discussed is how cool illegal. it would be if, <laughs> yeah. if it was mobile, like literally just driving around all the time. You could hit multiple locations. We couldn't do that because uh, you'd have to have the antenna up and you would actually shake that thing to death and you'd probably break a $36,000 piece of equipment. That's not going to happen. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe there's... Maybe you're probably right. You've probably thought about it more than we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my only uh, issue with it, I feel like it's kind of an eyesore. Could you like... I agree. Paint it or something? Um, we like, want people to see it though. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's, it's like anything else. If you see it and it, cause it's an eyesore, mm-hmm. chances are it's doing his job. Yeah. I, I don't like it anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Aesthetically, I don't like having to put those things in place because I think, uh, it, it gives the appearance that we're a crime ridden community. That is not the case. Yeah. We're trying to, what crime we do have, we're trying to minimize that as well. Mm-hmm. And, and none of that. Like it or not, that is the kind of the wave of the future. They're, those things are selling like hotcakes. You can't drive up the freeway. If you're paying attention, you'll see these blue strobes going off all the way up the freeway. Um, and yeah. they're effective. They're yeah. effective. They are. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, How often do you get these companies, like, for the camera trailer and also for the flock cameras, pitching stuff to you? Just, like, curious. Um, well, it's interesting because, like, the flock cameras, they, they didn't pitch it to us at all. Uh, that actually came from the Yak- Yakima police chief. Uh, one of my commanders went to a, uh, a conference and, and he put it out there and said, look, this is the greatest thing ever. And we're like, yeah, whatever, we'll look at it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always good for something, right. new innovation. So, uh, so they brought it to us and we dem- demoed it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to have that. I- <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like uh, you don't get like people selling uh, crime deterrent equipment coming around like pharmaceutical reps. 
Just flipping over like, the briefcase. Here's some like, stop sticks. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I probably get about uh, 20 or 30 advertisement emails a day. Uh, they're always trying to sell something, and I just click through them and delete them. Yeah. Uh, usually the only reason, the only way that I'll look at something is if somebody, one, is looking for a particular solution, kind of like our stop sticks or uh, our pursuit eliminator sticks, or if another agency says, hey, look, we looked into this, and this is really effective, yeah. then we'll actually dive into it. Um, speaking of the stop sticks, uh, how, how are those working out? Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, they work great. And those are just, you throw them like under a tire when you're mm -hmm. going up to a, a window. Well, we have two different types of stop sticks. Uh, one of them is the, um, uh, the real long extended ones. Those are for pursuits mm -hmm. and, uh, we use those pretty effectively. Uh, and then the other ones are the, uh, uh, the uh, pursuit eliminators and they're only about, hmm, about 24 inches wide mm -hmm. instead of like nine feet. And uh, when you're going up to the window, officers drop those by the tire between the car. Uh, and, and we've actually deployed those several times where people have taken off on us and, and uh, the tire blows out. And, and the interesting thing about normal spike strips is when they run over them, it kind of slowly deflates the tire because the car is moving. Mm -hmm. Well, th in this case, the, tire, the car is not moving, so we can deflate the tire a lot faster. So when they drive over it, it's, the tire goes out, just boom, it explodes. Yeah. And the air goes out of it in a matter of a second and a half, two seconds. I think you had that at the outlets recently, didn't you? Somebody would we did. try to back up, hit a car. We've actually done it several times at yeah. the outlets uh, in stolen car for stolen cars that got picked up by flock safety. Is yeah. it only when uh, the officer has like a suspicion of some sort, or are you dropping these behind grandma's wheels when you're pulling her over for well, expired tabs? Well, first and foremost, we don't know it's grandma until we get up there. That's what I mean, though. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah, we will do it for any car. Uh, whenever the officer has any kind of inkling that something's going to go sideways, they'll they'll drop those things down and uh, just to ensure that the car doesn't take off and, and become a public safety issue. Is there anything else coming down the pike as far as innovations, I guess, or new products, new cameras, anything like that that you're thinking about introducing to the department? Not right now. I, I, don't, I don't see anything on the horizon. Um, most of the things that we're doing is we're just redoing or renewing or updating some of the stuff we already have, but that's really about it. All right. Um, you've been critical of the state's handling of crimes at Green Hill School. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the warrant that was served last year and your understanding of the current state of the facility? Um, your criticism was described by Governor Inslee's spokesperson as misleading politically motivated broadsides. Um, so yeah, but how do you feel about Green Hill? <laughs> Well, that's a lot of questions. So I, it's a big one. I wrote that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to unpack that little by little here. Well, start with, with the search warrant. Start with the search warrant. Okay. Let, well, I'm going to back up just a little bit past the search warrant because it, the search warrant makes more sense when uh, we start at the very the earlier beginning. Mm -hmm. And that we didn't think we we're going to have to ever write a search warrant. That was not even in our wheelhouse. We didn't think that was going to have to happen. And it was uh, back in, uh, I think it was March of 2022, when we had a, several things going on at one time, uh, a lot of which was a, a drug overdose uh, at Green Hill where a 17-year-old overdosed and had to be flown to Harborview. And then we also had the, uh, the, the, the inmate that got out and then went on a shooting spree on one of our residential streets. Uh, during that time, we recognized there was some security issues or some hiring issues that we saw just when we're trying to do these investigations. So when I sent the letter to, to, to Jay Inslee, uh, along with uh, uh, Chief Cout actually signed on to it, and the, both mayors signed on to it, uh, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. But when I got back the letter a month later, it says, hey, everything you're complaining about, it's already been taken care of. I'm like, are you for real? This is this And you had requested an investigation, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted the attorney general to do 
an investigation or someone to look into the DCOIF because this was this was just bad and, and I'm not going to go into all the details but there was there was a lot. So um, we'd gotten a tip that uh, that Green Hill was not uh, turning over any of the evidence that we're getting there and they're by statute they're not allowed to hold on to, to drug evidence they, they're not they're not a law enforcement agency. <clears throat> so uh, so when they went they actually my Jeanette and the detectives went over there and they they'd actually talked to the uh, people from DCYF and said hey look you can't have this stuff. Yeah. And they, they'd afforded them the opportunity and they came to me and they said, they're, they're not responding to us. They, they're saying they're going to help us, but nothing's happening. So I said, well, give them another shot. Let's find out what they're going to do. Give them some more time. <clears throat> and they did. And they came back and they just go, we don't, we don't think they're going to turn it over. Uh, we yeah. don't know what else to do. And I said, well, now we got a problem. Because if you think that, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to brag on my detectives. I got incredible detectives. Uh, they, they just do a freaking great job. And they came to me and they're like, we don't think it's going to happen. We're thinking about, we may have to write a search warrant. And I said, okay. You're going to write the search warrant, and you're going to use my letter to uh, Governor Inslee and their response as your probable cause to help get you that search warrant. And so that's how that actually came to be. So if if Governor Inslee would have stepped up and said, "Hey, look, we're going to look into this. We're going to um, we're taking what you're saying seriously. We're going to look into it," all that probably wouldn't have happened. He could have headed that off at the pass, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what led up to the search warrant. And then we, when we served the search warrant, it was obvious that that search warrant had to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you folks have seen the, uh, the video on that. And, and of course in the, uh, uh the photos other. as well that you guys attached oh, yeah. all the lockers stuffed with drugs, contraband, oh. uh, shanks, all that good stuff. Yeah. It was a ridiculous amount of, uh, a property. Was so. it a surprise to the staff at Green Hill? Like how did that unfold <laughs> when the lo- the local law showed up to serve a warrant or did they know you were coming? Or? Oh no, they didn't yeah. know we were coming. <laughs> that was, was it, it that a was apparent. Scene or <laughs> no, they were actually. I'll go back to. There's actually really good people that work at Green Hill. Yeah, uh, some really really good people who just want to do the right thing and they want to do their jobs and they want to be left in peace. And when we showed up there, uh, I don't think there's anybody at Green Hill that really thinks that there's that they're doing that. Let me back up here. I think there's people out there that want to do a great job and they want to help out as much as they can so that the facility is successful. Yeah. So when we showed up there, they granted there, I think they were a bit nervous. They mm-hmm. didn't know what to expect. Uh, I went there just in case there was a problem and there wasn't, uh, the current, uh, director out there was very, uh, helpful. Uh, he was very quick to come out and say, okay, what do you got? Here's a search warrant. They said, okay, they didn't, they didn't give us the runaround. They, they followed the, uh, the order of the search warrant, uh, pretty well. Uh, did any of the students at Green Hill see all this going down and look out their cell windows and say, well, 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 <laughs> no, okay. uh, everything's, everything's pretty far apart and yeah. we didn't have any interaction with the students, just the staff. All right. <clears throat> and then just to be clear, you sent the letter to Inslee and he didn't even refer it to the attorney general's office. We made the mistake. We being the Chronicle editorial board myself of blasting Bob Ferguson and heard from his office as well. He was like, look, we didn't even have an opportunity to look at this. Well, it, it, the response actually was for the attorney general, uh, the, the attorney general's office. And one of his attorneys, I'm assuming, assigned to uh, Jay Inslee. Now, I can't tell you that Jay Inslee saw the letter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that process works up there, but it was a response from an attorney, from the attorney general's office, back to me. Got you. And then just as recently as last month, I think you signed on to a statement with Senator John Braun saying mm-hmm. the, the state of the facility is still pretty poor. Is that accurate? Hey, that is very accurate. Uh, uh, when, when I found out that there was, obviously it hasn't stopped. Okay. Yeah. Well, first and 
foremost, it has not stopped. And uh, now, I'm, of course, I'm being told that everything's been taken care of and everything's great and just a big misunderstanding. Had I gotten a little higher up into the food chain, which I'm not sure how much higher you can go to than Jay Inslee, but uh, <laughs> which <laughs> kind of struck me as odd, odd statement. But um, but uh, so I pulled a, a record of 10, I think it was 10 days or seven days, and they had 10 calls for service, three overdoses, uh, one... Uh, uh, three assaults on staff on staff, uh, one riot, uh, and drugs thrown over the fence. Uh, and there was one in there that wasn't reported. Uh, and that was, uh, in fact, uh, I think it was, uh, one of the news medias pointed it out that it was, um, uh, one of the staff members actually got, uh, fentanyl and had to be taken to the hospital and given Narcan as well. So he had uh, basically 11 things happen, significant things happen mm-hmm. in seven days, roughly. And, Little to no reporting at all. From our perspective, I think since that search warrant was served, we have not seen as consistent number of chargings coming out of Green Hill. I mean, even on today's prelims over in Superior Court, there was another prison riot. I don't know the details on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seems that we're writing the same story over and over again. A lot of them come from 2001 to 2023. Uh, Do you think any of, I shouldn't say any, do you think there was a lot of crimes that were committed without that search warrant that never would have been charged at all? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's one thing I will, I'll give credit to Green Hill, Green Hill staff, is since the search warrant, is a little bit of a bumbling after that, but they are trying to report uh, a lot more stuff now. Now, I don't know if everything's being reported, especially after the last dump that I did and looking for things. Was, I knew there was something that wasn't reported, um, but uh, I know that there's a lot more things getting reported now that, that normally would not have been reported. So I, I give them the credit, but they still have... Uh, hiring issues. They still have security issues. They still have staff going in. Uh, obviously, that was the other thing. A staff member arrested for bringing marijuana into the facility they're not allowed to have. Uh, and, and he was arrested for that as well. So, mm-hmm. Was that like marijuana to distribute or just like I don't, he had some pot? Just, I, I don't know the answer to that. I know it was a baggie. Because uh, we don't know if he's bringing it in for his personal use. Of course, if you if you're doing that, it's kind of weird. But at work, it's yeah, but, you're not supposed to. Or you can be bringing it in to give to a student. Yeah. We don't we don't know what that answer is. I don't think he ever said. Oh, okay. Um, what else do you have for? Well, I mean, podcast? we were talking about dog permitting, which is oh yeah required by the law in the city of Centralia. And I just wanted to let the chief know that I know someone that has two dogs that aren't currently licensed. What would you <laughs> recommend that person do? <laughs> Well, uh, I'd recommend that they come in because right now, if they come in, uh, I think before the end of February, it, it's a reduced price. After February, I think the, the price goes up because for a late registration. So I'd, I'd recommend they come in. Uh, and if it's somebody who's disabled or elderly, we have a program for them as well, so it's a lot cheaper for them. Um, so, yeah, just come in. It's, it's actually really fast, and it's actually pretty cheap. I think it's uh, uh, 15 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks per dog. And that just helps like if you find a stray dog returning it to where it needs to go. Yes, so we don't actually have to put it in our kennels and have yeah. to take care of it. It's it's a, a big time and uh, energy saver. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, they also we also ensure that the, the, the dog has their shots and, yeah. and they're up to speed and we're not going to worry about rabies and things like that. How many calls yeah. like Ballpark do you get about just like, hey, there's a stray dog out? A lot. I, uh, you know what? I believe you. <laughs> we I do. I see a lot of them. I am a frequent pedestrian and I see a lot of... Yes. We we Dogs actually be out there. Yeah, we actually on average we we maintain probably about uh, roughly about in between four and ten dogs at our kennel at any given time, mm-hmm. and that's just the city of Centralia. We have a lot of them that get dumped off. We get people walk them into the office and things like that. And we're always if if you follow us on Facebook, we're always looking for owners for dogs mm-hmm. and trying to find some way to get them back to their their home. 
Okay. Do you anticipate uh, doling out citations for those at some point? Like, I mean, obviously the dogs have become an issue for the department ever since the animal shelter can't take as many as they used to. We've already begun. Already begun. Yep, we've already begun. It, it is... Uh, we're, when we start picking up the same dog again and again, that becomes problematic. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we chuckling? I, just because I look, I, as I said, I'm a frequent pedestrian. I uh, see yeah. the same dogs out often. So, so we've started now, and and with now, even with this, we're we're pushing out this idea that hey, look, license your dog. It's it's not expensive. Yeah. We work with people. Uh, we get different programs for elderly and and whatnot. Uh, just license your dog because that's the safest way for your animal. If you love your animal, license your animal. That's the biggest thing. All right. Will you use the camera trailer to crack down on unlicensed dogs? That's the question. <laughs> the, if, mere if fact, it, the mere fact you're asking me that makes me want to drink. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you get to the point where the biggest concern is unlicensed dogs and you're putting the, the camera trail on it, like things are going pretty well. You know, that would be the problem to have, right? Or there's a <laughs> shitload of dogs out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a whole other experience. <laughs> problems, problems get down the road. So now, all right. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I mean, that was the last of our questions. I did uh, note that like it was last week. You guys had a presentation on Project Guardian, so I didn't know if you wanted to note that at all. You know what? Uh, that is probably something that uh, that everybody should take note of. Um, Project Guardian is uh, an amazing program that we are we are now at the stage that we're going to try to push that out. In fact, uh, my commander just told me today that he's going to be going down to Vancouver PD uh, to show them what we're doing. Uh, again, it's something else. you got to say Yakima is ahead of the game yeah. because we actually got this program from them. So you think about, you know, all the people that are out there, you know, it's easy for us. We walk around, we communicate, and we don't have any problems for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... We, we forget about uh, the, the folks that really need our help. And, and, and those are people that uh, either have loved ones that uh, uh, maybe have Down syndrome or they're not communicative um, and, or they're, they lash out. And mm-hmm. the problem is if you look at it, if parents have children who lash out or they don't want to stay in their seatbelt or, or they run away a lot, who knows what's going to happen, uh, they come and they register their, their loved one with us. So what we do is we take a we have a picture of them we have <clears throat> what their um, uh, their triggers are and uh, so if say a person uh, a male in uniform is their trigger then we we send a female if it's uh, if it's just the uniform we send a detective to go talk to them because we we want to de-escalate them as quickly and as best we can yeah uh, and but they can tell us that they're attracted to water we know to get, check the waterways yeah. to make sure they're not in the water so and and they update that every year. They can give us all the information they want, as little information as they want. Uh, we take pictures of the parents so that if anything happens, uh, say they're outside of our, our area, mm-hmm. say they go up to Olympia who may, doesn't have the program just yet, yeah. and uh, and someone calls it in as a child abuse because they're trying to fight them into their seatbelt again because this, yeah. this is actually a real concern that a parent had when they signed up their child. The, the child is non-communicative. They mm-hmm. don't like being buckled in. So you can imagine if you're, you pull in the Safeway parking lot yeah. and there's a parent fighting with their kid to try to get him in there and you call 911, the officer shows up, they don't know what the heck's going on. And uh, so they can actually say, hey, call dispatch. They have all my information. They have everything. And it just, it takes that pressure away from the parent or their loved one that they yeah. are actually trying to help. Mm-hmm. And, and it can be any age. It doesn't matter what. It's a great program. Okay. You can that sign up on good. the city of Centralia website if you click through to the police department and there's a whole page for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that's all we got. Anything you want to add? 
I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks right, for coming on our dumb <laughs> so, podcast again. Oh, sorry, I'm not you know, supposed this to. This is the second time in a week a cop has lied to me. Um, <laughs> uh, no, we appreciate you coming on. Um, it, it says a lot that you would come back after the first time. Uh, you have at least some modicum of respect for this office. So, um, <laughs> but it, it really does go into the, the whole idea that, uh, it, it helps me to be transparent as, as transparent as possible. Yeah. And I think all law enforcement agents should be doing things like this, quite frankly. Uh, I agree. So, um, all right, Stacy, thanks a lot. Um, and we'll be right back. Yeah, thanks. All right. We're back. Uh, another big thank you to Stacy Denham for, for joining us and putting up with our shit. Um, how did you feel about about Denim joining us? Uh, I thought it was an interesting interview. I thought it was pretty transparent. And yeah. uh, I liked probably especially hearing about the Green Hill situation just because that's such a odd thing to me to have the local police go serve a search warrant at the local, you know, uh, juvenile detention facility. So I, I enjoyed hearing a, a little bit more about that. Yeah, that was good. I liked learning more about uh, the camera trailer deal. Anyway... It's time for segments. And first up, we have Tales from the Takes page, a.k.a. what's going on in the opinion section. You just went to town on this one. And on the opinion page, uh, <laughs> we've got a hydrogen takeoff. Yeah, I got two letters <laughs> to the editor uh, around the same time that were both well over the 500 words. And you know what I do with word like letters over 500 words. I send them back. Like, yeah. You just have to send them back. But I was like, you know what? We'll just run them side by side and we won't even call them letters. We'll call it competing views. Yeah. So the first view that is in competition with another view comes from former PUD boss Dave Muller. And his view is titled, Is the Hydrogen Plant in Our Best Interest? Which is a worthy question. He presents some ideas about why it might not make sense, namely that it's a lot of money and it might not benefit Lewis County all that much, and it will consume two and a half times the amount of power the PUD currently produces, which sounds like a lot. Yeah. Uh, he asks, do our local leaders really understand the cost and inefficiency of hydrogen? Has the risk to electric ratepayers been taken into account? How much capital is Fortescue investing in the hydrogen plant? Um, these are some of the many questions needing answers before hundreds of millions of tax dollars and a significant amount of our hydroelectric energy is committed to Fortescue's plant. On the other hand, we have a column from uh, Lou Desmond, whose profession appears to be smirking and chuckling at the absolute rubes in Lewis County. <laughs> he who would, lives in Lewis County, who would I think. dare question the almighty dollar. Uh, allegedly lives in Lewis County. Winlock. Um, his letter is titled, Hydrogen Plant is an excellent project for Lewis County. Uh, he used to work in California, where he definitely doesn't live anymore, and did PR for an insulation factory when it was moving in 20 years ago. And people had questions then, too. But once those big $40,000 a year jobs moved in, boy, did everyone shut up and swim around. 20 years ago, Aaron. Swim around in their towers of gold coins like Scrooge McDuck. Um, first off, you can't compare an insulation factory and a hydrogen plant. Well, he did. Uh, <laughs> I can see insulation and be like, oh, insulation. That'll keep my house warm. If I see hydrogen, I'm like, is it? are, are we doing drugs? What's going on here? I don't understand Different that things. at all. Is hydrogen a liquid or a gas? Aaron, you're exposing yourself here. I and I'm not adding to it. Well, I I don't think you know. It's hydrogen. <laughs> what? It's not a question. Um, 
So in his letter, he brings up the fact that Lewis County is paying a lobbyist slash fixer named Kent Caputo $10,000 a month. And at this point in the letter, I was like, oh, he's going to let everybody know what this Caputo fellow does for all this money, especially since the county is a little bit broke at the moment, just laid off a bunch of people who had defined job descriptions. Uh, But instead, he pivots into why the prosecutor's office is overseeing the contract and says because it is smart. That was his reasoning. He doesn't tell us what Caputo might do or anything else. Uh, He also mentions a $5,000 a month lobbying firm the county hired for this project. And quoting from the letter, again, I can't tell you for sure why this is. To which I say, you could at least try. If you're going to write a column addressing the mystery lobbyist taking home $180,000 of taxpayer money a year, you can't just say, trust me, I'm something of a mystery lobbyist myself. Again, he did. And frankly, the county management hasn't earned the right to just say, hey, don't worry about it. We're good at our jobs for something like, you know, six figures worth of lobbyists. And if these fixers and lobbyists were any good, the county wouldn't have so many problems. I wonder if the fixers and lobbyists got the Pacific Northwest hub to be partially located in Lewis County. Maybe. Could be. Maybe they could have weighed in on a few other items. Maybe. Like uh, responding to the allegations that the county has a fixer. Or something like if your if your fixer can't even fix the fact that people are asking why we need a fixer, what good is the fixer? Yeah. Uh-huh. At one point in his letter, he also compares himself to Ray Donovan, uh, the Liev Schreiber character on I think like a TBS hour-long evening drama, <sighs> which I would probably not do. I still haven't been able to bring myself to get excited about the hydrogen thing, one way or the other. We're just reporting on it, going to the meetings, covering it. But there's also a Ruth Peterson uh, take on the matter, which I thought was really good. That's in uh, today's edition of the Chronicle, actually. And the headline on that one was, Everything that benefits us comes with some risk. And I actually thought this one was a good middle ground in terms of she does not come down on in favor of the new hydrogen generating plant. She doesn't come down opposed to it, just kind of lays out some parallel arguments, uh, a direct comparison to TransAlta, for instance, and many of the criticisms that you could give the hydrogen facility could also be leveled at TransAlta um, and possibly were when TransAlta came here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people, a lot of people would say TransAlta coming here ended up being a great thing and they're going to miss when it's gone, the, the high wage jobs, things like that. I know the mine closed a long time ago, but still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I'd encourage anyone to go read all three of those pieces over at crowdline.com. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wish we had a few more answers about a few more specifics on where the energy for this is going to come from. Yeah. Um, I think and other people also have that opinion. I got a message from Bill Saran, our friend out in Packwood. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to write, I don't want to throw his hat over the fence or anything, but he's going to write one to three columns on the matter of green energy at large. Uh, and as always, I anticipate that he'll have a bit of a nuanced take on it. Uh, I'm not going to write off the entire project yet. However, the fact that we've got a huge multinational company, Fortescue, coming in to do hydrogen, which nobody's really sure about, and it's going to take a shitload of energy, which nobody really wants to talk about. Um, I feel like the monetary benefits maybe aren't going to go into the pockets of people like me and you. And if there uh, are any. as I said, when you brought that up recently at a local dining establishment, one of my mm-hmm. favorites, uh, that, you know, they might buy some print ads to point you out to where you can go buy some hydrogen. 
Uh, do you think they'll be selling it door to door? Like, is yeah, like, like, like a milkman? <laughs> like, here's your hydrogen. Also, like, if, if hydrogen's so great, why don't they just do it in Australia? You have to go know. halfway around the world. I don't know. I am not, this is not meant to be critical of anyone, but I'm not educated enough to offer anything to this conversation that would benefit someone's opinion of it, if that makes any sense. Well, we're not scientists. We've established To me, that. though, it's a, I mean, it's a tremendous news story, that amount of money coming into the community in any fashion, um, and just the number of players involved with it from Lewis County Transit to Centralia College. Just the whole thing is, it's a wildly interesting news story to me. Um, and all sorts of takes. I'm sure we'll have more takes on it. We have also had some letters about it as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's been fairly evenly split, but and those who oppose it really oppose it, and those who support it really support it. So I don't anticipate large numbers of people moving from one camp to the other, regardless of how many town halls are held. Uh, yeah. But again, you can read all about that town hall in Mitchell Rowland's story that will be in Thursday's edition and up on Cronline on Wednesday. Uh, Cody took pictures of the... Uh town hall last night and i was like how was it he's like i don't know man it's another it, it's another hydrogen town hall what do you want me to say cody's there to capture images not the essence of the event so yeah enough for a cut line god bless cody christian we love him um you know what i really hate worse than anything is a wet take yeah you know there's nothing you worse that? when they get soggy you throw a you throw a roof over it mm-hmm uh, you're your throwing takes? a roof over your house. I am. I have uh, the roof doctor should be throwing a roof up for me here in the next few days. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, Colton from the roof doctor came out, met me. We looked at the roof. We agreed. From <laughs> <need> a new <laughs> <laughs> gave me a free estimate. Uh, you know, he called me today and gave me a time frame for when it's going to happen. Overall experience so far, 10 out of 10. I'm happy. Are you going to give a positive review, assuming that the roof is sturdy? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go dance on it first, okay. as I do before I make every one of my takes. Um, but, you got uh, to test it with a pickaxe, is what I've been told. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to stand on top of it and pee. Okay. You know, and probably for a while. might have some issues with our guest when that happens. Um, <laughs> you know, I think you'd be cool with it. You might make Science Banger of the Week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. If your roof is under the weather, give our friends at the Roof Doctor a call at 360-736-0246 or 360-583-4295. They offer uh, new roofings and re-roofing, roof repair, roof cleaning, and emergency roofing, and always give you a free estimate. You can check out more online at theroofdoctor.com. Sirens Banger of the Week. Uh, the first one, officers responded to a vandalism report on Lilac Lane in Centralia early Thursday morning. A gentleman, quote, deflated the air out of his girlfriend's vehicle tires without causing any damage to the tires, according to police. Girlfriend, however, quote, believed her boyfriend slashed her tires, so she slashed his tires. Uh, the boyfriend did not wish to pursue charges. And at this point, I'm reading this thinking like, you know, I wish... Officers would include just a little more color commentary into their reports, like probably because she was a total smoke show or, quote, I went ahead and saved the address because I got a feeling we'll be back here before too long. Yeah, I don't find that humorous, Aaron. I <laughs> it says more about you than me, sir. <laughs> I found the whole thing humorous, <laughs> trust me. Like, uh, I mean, uh, hopefully there's no, like, domestic violence involved there. I guess that could be a form of domestic violence, but yeah. Um you know, he deflated the air out of his her tires. I would assume they had been slashed as well. So, but it is, I mean, overall, it's kind of a, a love story, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they're. I think these kids are going to make it. Like when they got to that last line of the press memo, and they were like, "The boyfriend decided not to press charges." It felt like that moment you close a book, like mm-hmm. a good romance. You're like, they did it, and as you wish, he said. <laughs> Uh, and then the next one, three females stole a large amount of lotion products from a business on Harrison Avenue on Sunday. The suspects reportedly concealed the stolen items in their clothing and left the store. The final tally was a whopping $3,000 worth of lotion, or as Eric Schwartz calls it, a whole week's worth. L-O-L. That's a lot of lotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lotion is pretty spendy, though. So, uh, oh, Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want the good stuff. I- um, I did look at the, I was trying to figure out exactly where this was at, and I thought I figured it out, but it wasn't enough to put it into Siren, so. Is it right, Aid? I, I don't know. Mm. That, was, that was one of, that was what I suspected. I mean, but. what other business on Harrison would have $3,000 worth of lotion? Could have been like a multi-level marketing scheme of some sort. <laughs> they were essential oils. Um, People's Champion of the Week. We've got several nominees. Yeah, only one winner, though. Uh, first up is Napvine's new fire chief, Brent Adams, lifelong Washingtonian, who's worked construction, fire, and law enforcement. He was a lieutenant at the Key Peninsula Fire Department in Pierce County most recently. Uh, he should be good. We've got Brandy Clark, Morton's own Brandy Clark, and now a Grammy-winning recording artist. Pretty cool. Yeah, we had a couple of pieces on her in today's edition of the Chronicle, both of them from the Seattle Times, but one of them really dives deep into her uh, growing up in Morton, and um, that one got very positive reviews, and then the other was just about the big win, and then other Washington artists that won Grammys on Sunday. Was Sunday or Saturday? Maybe Saturday. I don't know. I did not watch. I did watch this year. It was a great show, Aaron. Congratulations. Celine Dion was there. Yeah, I heard about that. Um your Jay-Z girl. was there. I heard he had some thoughts, too. He had takes. Taylor yeah. Swift was there. Mm-hmm. No. Yes, she was. Uh, let's see. Another nominee, Shayla's tribe chairman, former mayor, senator, all honored by the Economic Alliance of Lewis County. These are, of course, the Richard Awards. Uh, Buck Hubbard got one. Dustin Klatouche got one. Fred Ryder got one. And John Braun got one, I'm just reading. Breaking news. Yeah, I had to add that one on there. Yeah, there were four awards given out. Um, do we want to enter them into the running as one single nominee or four separate nominees? I think you could keep them as all four, but I don't see anybody beating Brandy Clark on in this one. Just what about Geraldine Maxfield? She was a I know teacher named State VFW Teacher of the Year. She was great too, but I don't know how you could pick anyone but Brandy Clark yeah, in this situation. She's from Morton and she won a Grammy. That's yeah. enough. Uh, so this will be the most important award she's won this week, regardless. People's uh, actually, I'm, I'm hearing her knocking on the door. She's <laughs> like, oh, thank you. I'd just like to accept She'd this. She'd be a great guest. She would not return our emails. Uh, I don't I think she, like Chad Kramer, who was a guest on last night's Sports Dump, is friends with her. her the Seattle Times piece, had, she was very fond of Morton, talked about how she didn't want to leave Morton. I didn't know that she had a basketball, like she went and played basketball at Central for a while. Yeah. Um, she's a ball player. Were you around for that? Uh, how old do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know. A lot older than me. I know that. Uh, she played in the 90s, I want to say. Okay. So, no, I was not around for that. I was you were in competing. middle school. Um, last in golf. I, I did, yeah. Sarah was trying to find that news item, by the way, today. Um, it's. I don't know if the Chronicle story's on there. The actual... 
the result from that tournament is still on WIA.com. Well, well, she's looking in the actual microfilm to find where Sam Bakatich wrote about you finishing last in the golf tournament. Uh, I could, I could tell you when it was. I could probably go find it. I won't, but I could. Don't um, worry, we'll get there. I looked through Facebook comments and didn't find anything that rose to the level that uh, we needed. So, no Facebook comments of the week. What eh, a it's nothing what a, crazy. What a great week. Yeah, everybody was happy. Uh, what's in the next edition? Do you want to do today's edition or well, yeah, Thursday's we'll just do a edition. rundown of the news. Uh, we missed. There was no robbery at Chase Bank today. A lot of people thought there was because there's a bunch of cops there. But Emily made some calls and figured out welfare check on some folks in a car and it turned out the car was stolen so there was two people arrested another one referred uh just this afternoon we posted a story on um natalie eckland getting the president's scholar scholarship from plu which is a big deal it's thirty four thousand dollars a year cool uh we can't do all scholarships that's a newsworthy scholarship in my opinion it's pretty good that's a lot she's a great golfer too isn't she i think that's where i remember her Uh, name from yeah there was i think so uh, we have some crime, which everyone loves, from Emily. A mm-hmm. uh, man charged with DUI and assault. He crashed his vehicle near Onalaska uh, and then allegedly fought deputies and a nurse over at Providence. At the same time? Yeah, same time. Same exact time. Uh, a little coverage of the fire in South Thurston last night over at Moon Road and US Highway 12. There's lots of good stuff. We've got a full story on the Economic Alliance Awards, and then uh, one that I liked was the state senate voting to rename part of State Route Six for slain State Patrol Trooper Justin Schaefer. Will be that I stretch agree. through I Adma. Um, hopefully, that just moves right through the house. Sweet Dough Cookie Co. celebrating two years and announcing they're leaving Centralia. Let's move it to Shahilis, correct? Yeah, a little. How dare they? Rough news. Uh, Sweet Dough is, uh, they make some good stuff. They do. And then our most popular story of the last 24 hours, at least online, is an Owen Sexton piece on Santo Milagro Breakfast and Sweets, which is Packwood's newest bakery and eatery. Um, So we got a nice story on that. That looks pretty good. Yeah. There's there's lots of good stuff at cronline.com. And then for the next edition, I've said a few times, but we'll have a write-up on that hydrogen uh, town hall, if you want to call it, meeting. Um, and a bunch of other good stuff. We'll have something on the new Northwest Salmon Smokehouse opening in Shalos. Oh, is that opening now? Interesting. I like their I like the location. They had some sort of event. I had, Owen filed the story as we were recording this, so I'll take a look at it. Maybe get it up on Cronline sooner rather than later. Okay. Um, did you know that at Shalos Outfitters this week it is their winter savings flannel extravaganza? Is it? Trade in that worn, washed, dirty Chronicle polo shirt and get yourself a round-robin flannel. Wait, you don't actually, like, trade it in, do you? You sissy. <laughs> do you trade it in? Uh, no, I think you just have to go... I, that's not how clothing works. Uh, it would be cool, though, if it did. I bet if you'd talk to Kelly, she'd be like, oh, thank goodness, a new Chronicle shirt. <laughs> I got lots of those. <laughs> uh, I also saw that Shehalis Outfitters is doing um, from 4 to 6 p.m. on Friday. That's this Friday and Saturday... From 11 to 2 p.m., they're opening up their Love Shack. Oh. And that means exactly what you think it means, Aaron. That you're going to yep. be able to go with your sweetie <laughs> and get free photos in type of, side of a very loving setting. Can they put, like, the, the inflatable Georgia boot in the background? Mm, they said there's a special Cupid here to add to the fun, which I imagine is going to be you in a diaper with a crossbow. Uh, <laughs> If they want to hire me I, as an advertiser to come uh, be their Cupid, 
You know, I will do it if Franklin goes with me. I don't know. Franklin's way more like, what's the word? Cherubic? Cherubic? Yeah. yeah. He, well, I mean, that's what you want out of a Cupid. Yeah. Like, if Franklin <laughs> would be a much better Cupid than you. You would be kind of like creepy. <laughs> I mean, I, thank you, I guess. Uh, we could open up our own love shack here at the Chronicle, though. I don't want to um, compete with Shayla's Outfitters, but... Yeah, Cody takes your picture and then grumbles at you. <laughs> and then chuckles with that beautiful <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> he also has uh, winter savings, but that's only open through February 7th. All sorts of jackets on sale. And you said that I we're not going to post this before tomorrow. So. It'll be up tomorrow night. Anyways. Well, tonight, I mean. Yeah. Now is exactly. what we're going to post. On this we, day. We posted it 25 minutes ago. Um all right, in closing, we are sponsored by Summit Funding, Shayless Outfitters, and The Roof Doctor. Leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts if you want. And you can also email us at chroniclenewsdump at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks again, Stacey Denham, for joining us. Mm-hmm.